0: Luke chapter 4 verses 14 to 44. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant And sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him, and marvelled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you'll quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we've heard you did at Capernaum. Do here in your hometown as well. And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months and a great famine came over all the land and Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. and his preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Um, today's message is going to be a little bit different to, to normal. Um, today I'm just going to give three different segments of, of what different people perceived of Jesus through their eyes. Okay, So first of all, Jesus through the eyes of a Nazarene. Not, not really sure what happened today, uh, it was quite extraordinary. There was this bloke who used to live here, Jesus, um, Joseph's son, Carpenter. I grew up with him. Anyway, we've been getting these stories coming to for us from Capernaum and, and all around Galilee about this bloke named Jesus. Stories about the words that he spoke and stories about the miracles that he did. And, and the rumour was that it was our Jesus. But I've got to tell you, I, I was the one who said, nah. That no, can't be our Jesus. I mean, the, the stuff that we've been hearing, the words he's been saying and the things he's been doing, that, that's not, not what our Jesus could do. I mean, he's just a carpenter. But blow me down. I, I, went, I went into the local synagogue the other day, this one just right here in Nazareth, and there he was, our Jesus. And, and with the stories that we've heard, I'm not that surprised that they actually invited him to read the scriptures. So he stands up and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he unrolled it and he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim good news to the poor. So he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. I've got to tell you, we, we all just stared at him. I mean, he, he had our attention with this. He, he rolled up the scroll and then he sat down. Now, the fact that he sat down, that means he's going to teach us as well. So every eye in the place was on him. What's our Jesus going to teach us? And he started off his teaching by saying, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And his teaching we were amazed i mean the graciousness of the words that was coming from his mouth and he spoke about the blessings of god and how they're not just for the rich there's blessings for the poor as well and and then he spoke about freedom he spoke about freedom from our sin he spoke about freedom for those who are unjustly accused he he spoke about healing healing from god and release for those who are oppressed now we're the oppressed, you know. I mean, those stinking Romans—they come in and they oppress us every day of the week, and they tax us, and they beat us, and they make us do all sort of. We just don't. We're the oppressed, and freedom for the oppressed. He's preaching. He spoke such wonderful, powerful words of grace, and oh, we just took it all in. We lapped it up. Then he turned on us. Now, I don't know who he thought he was to speak to us in the way that he did. I, I tell you, he spoke as if he had some kind of authority over us. But we know better. He's just a carpenter, after all. The boy of a carpenter. And he had the hide to compare us to unfaithful Israel. I mean, he compared us to the time when Israel had run amok and, and uh, you know all Israel's prophets, they sort of moved out of town. What he was doing is he's telling us he's not going to do any of these tricks here. Um... Because the prophets weren't welcome in their hometowns, he didn't do miracles in their towns, he's not going to do it in our town. Who does he think he is? I tell you, it made our blood boil. And, and we were going to teach him a lesson. We drove him out of the synagogue and we pushed him right to the edge of the cliff. Now, I, I, I wouldn't have thrown him off, but I tell you what, there was some there who would have, and the rest of us would have let him but i don't know what happened then it was almost as if time stood still and he got reached the brink of the cliff and then he just stopped and he went no further and he turned and he walked back through the crowd now we, we i could see him moving and we wanted to reach out and grab him but we just couldn't it was just like he just passed right by the mob just strolled through now he said that a prophet wouldn't perform any miracles in his hometown. I reckon that was a miracle. If that hadn't happened, it, we would have killed him. So now I'm all confused. Who is he, our Jesus? Who is he? What has he become? No doubt we're going to hear more stories. Now Jesus through the eyes of a follower in Capernaum. I'm amazed. I've I've followed Jesus for a while now. I mean, this bloke, he wanders into our town, Capernaum, and he teaches in our synagogue, and he does all these miracles and all of these healings and whatnot. And I I wanted to see more. I wanted to hear more. So what what else could I do? I just followed him. So I saw what happened that day at Nazareth. I have no idea how he walked out of that one. But then after he came out of that, he headed back to my hometown again, Capernaum. So I followed him there too. I mean, I had to go home sometime, didn't I? And when we got there, he started teaching. And we were amazed. He taught with such authority. He wasn't like those other teachers. You know those blokes, they just quote each other. And so they'll they'll quote some famous teacher to try and give themselves some kind of credibility. He wasn't like them. It it was just plain, simple, simple straight from the word of God and his words had the ring of truth to them. But then something really bizarre happened. There's this bloke, he's sort of well known in town. I mean, he's a weird fella. And his history's been sort of whenever anything really godly is happening, he does one of two things. He either undermines it or he just flies off the handle for no apparent reason. He just gets so angry. Some, some have always said that he has a demon. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. But, but they said that you know, one of those fallen angels who follow Satan has some kind of control over him. I was never sure, but tell you what, after I saw what happened, I reckon they're right. When, when Jesus was in the synagogue, this bloke storms up to Jesus and shouts, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus just said sternly, be silent, come out of him. And at that, the the demon threw the man down on the ground. I suppose it must have come out of him because he changed. Just like that. Completely different man. It was amazing to see. Who, Who is this? What teaching is this? Even evil spirits obey his orders. Who is he? Now, the evil spirit, I don't know if we should believe them or not, but he said he's the Holy One of God. What if it's true? What if Jesus is the Holy One? What if Jesus is the Messiah that we've been waiting for? And that wasn't all I saw even as the sun was going down. Now, you've got to understand this. Um, this was all happening on the Sabbath, right? And, and when the sun goes down, that's the end of the Sabbath. And you know what those religious leaders like. They're always harping on about the Sabbath and we shouldn't do anything on the Sabbath and they're quite pedantic about it. And to be quite honest, I don't think they like Jesus healing people on the Sabbath. Now, that didn't worry Jesus. He'd just do it. But... I think it held back the people a bit because they didn't want to upset the religious leaders. So it was as the sun went down, all of these people brought the sick. And with the touch of his hand, he made every one of them well. Not just one, not just two, every one of them. Demons came out of many people and they were shouting, you're the son of God, But, but he wouldn't let them speak. I don't know why, but it just seems like he didn't want people to know who he really was or what he was about. Now, we wanted him to stay. Isn't That's really strange, isn't it? Like his hometown, they wanted to kill him, but we, we wanted him to stay. But he wouldn't. He said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that's why I was sent. Now, in hindsight, I reckon even then he was trying to tell us something. We wanted him to stay. I mean, it was good having somebody better than a doctor in town. And, and like we really appreciated the health and the healing that he was bringing. Now, that's important, isn't it? Hmm? And, and, and that's what we wanted. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? But with hindsight, word got back to us that later on, Jesus bagged us out. The people of Capernaum, us, we who wanted him to stay, he bagged us out. Why would he do that? I mean, we were so welcoming to him, we wanted him to stay. He was the one who chose to leave. But apparently, Mr. High and Mighty, once he's heading towards Jerusalem, he's got it, he must have his sights set on bigger and better things than us. He has a go at us and lumps us in with what he calls the unrepentant cities. And apparently, he said, and you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. Why would he say that about us? I don't know. Maybe he was trying to tell us that while he was here, we were so caught up in the healings and the miracles, and he said, that he was sent for this purpose, to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Maybe the good news of the kingdom of God isn't just about fixing stuff now. Maybe the kingdom of God isn't just about healings and miracles and stuff. Maybe that's what it is. We saw what he was doing, but we didn't listen enough to what he was teaching. And now Jesus through the eyes of a follower in Australia. One of the internal truths of the gospel is that rarely will it be received and welcomed in its entirety. When one actively preaches the good news of the kingdom of God, sharing our faith, uh, one of the most frustrating things is that often people will only want to hear some of the gospel. The people in Nazareth, for instance, they were amazed at Jesus' gracious words, but they would not accept his authority. And while ever the church stays in a place of speaking gracious words and nice words, the world's generally pretty happy with that. But when the church dares to speak the whole word of God and do it with authority, well, the world does not want to hear that. Who are you Christians to preach at us? And like the people in Capernaum, they recognised Jesus' authority and they were very keen on his good works and his miraculous works, but it's not until we get all the way into chapter 10 of Luke that we realise that even at Capernaum, while they seemed open and welcoming, they missed the point. Repentance. And in our land, people are quite happy for the church to do good works, to give aid to the poor, to counsel the broken, to comfort the grieving, to serve as volunteers in all sorts of community organizations, to provide health care for the sick, to provide food for the hungry, to provide aged care for our ailing parents, to first to provide better quality education and good morals for living for our children. They might even be happy with a miraculous healing or two thrown in for their loved ones. But they do not generally want to hear the message of the gospel, repentance for the forgiveness of sins, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Who do you Christians think you are to try and push your beliefs on us? Who are we? We are the bearers of good news. Not just a good news, we are bearers of the good news. We may be ordinary people, but we carry an extraordinary message to tell. We bear the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus spread this message through word and deed. And his words were words of grace and words of authority. And they went hand in hand with his actions. Not only did he proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, he demonstrated it. And this is the call that God puts upon your life. And it's the call that God puts upon my life to continue to proclaim the message of Jesus in its entirety, the message of grace, the message of repentance. And the call is to continue to demonstrate the love of God, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and to demonstrate the love of God through doing good. Jesus was misunderstood by most and he is rejected by some who didn't misunderstand him and we will be too. Sometimes we will be misunderstood. Sometimes the message that we preach will be rejected. But let, us, let that not stop us. We, we continue to share the good news of Jesus for the sake of those who will hear it and will believe it and will turn to Jesus. Jesus was rejected by many in his own hometown, those who knew him best. And you and I will be too but let that not stop us. Some people use that as as an excuse. Oh, the prophet's rejected in the hometown. Therefore, I can't share the good news of Jesus in my hometown, but I'll do it when I go away visiting or I'll go on a short-term mission trip somewhere. No, we are called to share the good news of Jesus wherever we are. And if most of the time is in your home district, that's where you spend most of your time sharing the good news of Jesus. The good news of the kingdom of God is good news indeed. It was good news for us. By the blood of Jesus, we are saved. And it continues to be good news to those whom we share it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he came as saviour. Lord, we thank you for the good news of the gospel. We thank you that although it cost them, many were willing to share the good news of Jesus even with us. We thank you for those who have proclaimed the year of the Lord's favour and demonstrated the year of the Lord's favour to many, including us. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, empower us and embolden us to share the word of Jesus with those around us And to demonstrate the love of Jesus as we proclaim the gospel of repentance in the name of Jesus to all. Amen.